Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Testing. Yo, yo, ma, and welcome to the Pack Show, proudly brought to you by Pig Athletic Club and Double Take Sports, the show that brings you all the highlights, the lowlights, the reviews, the previews, the news, and the interviews from rugby here in Australia and around the world. My name is Jay Ball, and tonight, second starting jersey there, it's Ryan Freeney. The kill switch is up in the starters box alongside Dallin, and Doss is not joining us. And on the battlers bench tonight, we've got... Absolutely no one. Once again, Big Fat Dars is still gallivanting around Townsville. Doss has dogged the boys uh, <laughs> as he's wont to do. But uh, that said, Dallin, you're looking pretty tan, bro. Where you been, mate? Just been at Byron Bay. Nice. How was the wedding? How was the uh, honeymoon? Fill us in on all the dirty details. Wedding was fantastic. We woke up Saturday morning. Um, we're supposed to get married at Botanical Gardens. It was a bit rainy. We said, all leading up to that point, they said, yeah, you can have a, a marquee. Morning of, they call us, can't have a marquee. Had to change it last minute. Last minute. Luckily, the rotunda at New Farm Park was available. Got married there. Beautiful, fantastic. Sun started shining. Had it at um, the Stock Exchange. Beautiful, wonderful weekend. And then just been at Byron Bay for the last week. Just phone off, just chilling out. Nice. I look for a fresh yeah, day. You, you do, do, mate. <laughs> no, you actually look refreshed, mate. You look gorgeous. You look a bit better than you did after your Bucks party. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a big couple of months. <laughs> this for a while. It has. You, you know just, when you just like you've just had enough. Like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. I'm tapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon exactly I've got two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one more week, I reckon, until I'm a bit like that. Yeah. I need a bit of a recharge. And mm. Jesus Christ. But it was good. It was really. It's good. good how you are. Uh, just bare grills it. And improvised, adapted, and overcame the situation. And yeah, you got it. Just got a new farm, Rotunda, and we <laughs> dominated. And you didn't have Rat. Uh, he wasn't your celebrant, was no, he? No, luckily the celebrant turned up. But oh. Rat, <laughs> Rat and Frizz absolutely dominated the MC duties. They were amazing. Had the really? whole oh, that would yeah, that's yeah. awesome. They were running off each other. <laughs> just laying into each other, laying into everyone else. I can oh. only imagine. At one point, like Rat was like trying to be really serious, and then. <laughs> Bronte's dad made a speech and was like, you know, really emotional. And then Rat gets up and goes, oh, that was really beautiful. And I was like, shut up, Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to being funny, man. Oh. And I was like, no, Rat. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, really that's was. so good. <laughs> but it really was. Yeah. I love that guy. That, that is the funny thing. Oh, Friends, how was your weekend, mate? Yeah, it was a, uh, eventful. Um, yeah, I drank a lot. And um, <laughs> head, head noise today. Um yeah, it's too long to talk to about on here, but yeah, it was it was. I'll tell you after the show, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's mm. sick, man, mate. But there was actually footage, mate. Is he? He is one hell of a footy player. Your son, eh? how old is he now? He's un- he's under nines. He's oh, he's nine, sl- but he's playing under goals, 10. mate. Yeah, he's he's playing up and up a year in under tens. I think I might <laughs> put him back a year next year though, because <laughs> I'm looking. He stood next to his teammates on the weekend. I was like. <laughs> Far out there, so much bigger. <laughs> yeah, but he still he scored a, he scored an awesome try and um, slotting goals. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very skillful. Yeah, he's is he there. on the wing still? Yeah, he's on the sting. He needs to be centre, but whatever. He'll get there. Give him yeah, time. He'll get there. He'll it's just because him and him and the other little fast guy they can tackle. Mm. Put but, him in the centres. Yeah, but like so he stays on the wing in defence. So when they 
Anyway, um, <laughs> they 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 won again, and you should have seen the boys. They were so pumped. They were loving a it. Fair few lesh goes oh. at the end too. She's like, let's go. That's sick. All right, well, we've got a huge night of uh, rugby to get through this evening. Obviously, we saw the results from Shoot Shield finals over the weekend. And the penultimate round in QPR saw a, a cricket score get notched by uh, the Gimps from UQ. Uh, also joining us on the blower, the recent retiree, the Golden Girl herself, uh, Alicia Lucas. Knee, Alicia Quirk, is going to be joining us on the blower just to go through her career and, and get her thoughts on the upcoming uh, final round of the HSBC 7s this weekend. But without further ado, we'll just get into um, a bit of footy news, hey, friends. Oh, yeah. And we'll kick it off. Jesus. Uh, the Wallaroos, five. The Black Ferns, 52. They, the Black Ferns were so unbelievably dominant. It's not funny. Their halves are absolutely sublime. It all started at set piece, didn't it? It did. The it set did. piece. Dominant. We couldn't win a single line out. They were just so dominant. Not in that, just, just scrums. Everything. Everything, unfortunately. Just the girls had a long day at the office. Um, unsure. unsure you know, there's not just a million props laying around and stuff, too. You know, the girls mm-hmm. are trying their hardest and stuff. It's just just experience, I guess. They're a rung above. Yeah. But, like, they ha- like they're, they're, still, they're still getting their test experience. Um you know that they haven't had for you know how long now. So they've had they've had a few games leading up to this, and they did quite well in that series over um, the last one was it New Zealand. Um, so oh, hopefully the next game they improve a bit more. But yeah, just that set piece, I reckon it's the biggest thing at the moment. Yeah, well they got a late consolation try to pipe a duck, but Dow like this just shows the gulf between the professional and non-professional. Mm like environments it's as clear as day you've got teams like england france um new zealand absolutely chopping up and then a team that arguably should be a powerhouse in the wallaroos is just getting dispatched like this yeah 100 percent. you can see the big the big golf and i think it's expanding i think it's getting bigger and bigger and yeah especially up north i think if you look at the france and you look at england and even the usa like they're starting to become some some quality quality players coming out of there and Australia's getting left behind. We well, need to do something. It was, what, three years between drinks by way of playing mm. test matches. But, like, you just watch those, nor- like, well, even the Kiwis, but the Northern Hemisphere girls are just, like, their set piece is insane. Yeah. Insane. Like, their malls, their set piece, their, their line-outs, their, um, their scrums, their ball play, their f- everything is just so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we can do, but like, those need more tests, obviously. And um, it's yeah. just literally just investment in that game. Exactly like right. we've invested so heavily in the women's sevens arena. There's almost like we've been depleted in the NRL. You see so many of the NRL we're getting decimated. like just decimate like girls that are, um, you know, proper legit um, forwards or, you know, like specialist forwards by positions and mm. stuff that have gone to league and you just, you're losing so much talent. It's like not, not saying the girls that are there aren't talented. It's just that the depth and having, you know, your, your second, uh, load of props coming on in the second half type thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when there's just people leaving it at a rate of knots, it's pretty hard to stop. Like, and it, but it's compete. not just, it's, it's the gulf between, uh, not just the NRLW, but, all sort of women's professional f- sports in Australia compared to women's professional, oh, can't even say professional, women's rugby is just so huge. The AFLW is now all 18 sides, the NRLW is expanded. Like, they are just blowing up. 
And our our sevens are great, obviously, but you know the fifteens game is just getting left in the dark. So hopefully they can do something in regards to getting that over the board. But golly gee, man, like they're they're backing up again this weekend at Adelaide Oval, playing the um the curtain raiser to the All Blacks game. So fingers crossed. They are. They can put on a bloody good performance. So the, yep. all the workings are there, and you can't help but think that maybe that result from the weekend just gone is uh, is going to help galvanise the girls. I think we've just gotten word here that we do have Alicia Lucas on the blow. We may as well just get straight into it. Alicia, quirky, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're living the dream. We're living good. the dream. Congratulations. I mean, you, you announced your retirement just um, a matter of days ago. Uh, a, such a storied career, picking up the the game about 10 or so years ago and in that time winning a World Sevens Series as well as an Olympic gold medal and then pulling the boots back on again this year after giving birth to your little baby girl, Tilly. It's been a hell of a ride. I mean, how, how do you feel being retired now? Um, yeah, it has been a hell of a journey, that's to say the least. Um I'm a bit of a mixed bag at the minute. Um, it's been a roller coaster like last week. Um, I'm pretty content though at the minute to be um, retired and not have been at training today. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the shop, obviously, like a little bit disappointed in a way that I didn't get to have that one last game um, with Tilly you know, in the stands watching me. Um, but also then I'm just so proud that I came back and gave it a crack um, after having her and, and facing all of the obstacles to come back to professional level sport after having a baby as well. And, and yeah, so it's a, a mixed bag to say the least. How was, uh, how was coming back after having um, a little one to rugby in that, in that intensive environment and all that? Oh, it was honestly the hardest thing I have ever done. It was um, <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. There's like, there's no, obviously the full-time training in itself is so intense and I'm used to being in that environment and then as soon as you go home, you go on the beach or you're lounging on the couch or you're bumming and doing nothing. Whereas when you've got a little baby, when I first started, I was, you know, breastfeeding or pumping in between trainings and and then even now like I'm I'm coming back home and I'm okay we're going to the park where we're we're going to the beach we're doing something active to keep her busy we're cooking dinners and we're just on the absolute go so it's been a huge juggling act um with having her as well um but also I was out of the game for nearly two years and in that time the physicality and like speed and strength of the girls increased tenfold. So not only was I playing catch up from just pregnancy, like I was playing catch up from like that period of time where they didn't play footy. So all they did was like just gym and train and smash so each other. Giants. So like it was <laughs> next level. Yeah. I was already at a weight disadvantage pre-baby. And here, here I was coming up against these girls that were just incredible athletes like they went from girls to incredible athletic women in that time so yeah. i was just gobsmacked at actually how hard i had to work even harder this time around to even like physically compete Jeez. 
And obviously, it's, it's Alicia. It's, it's pretty fresh. So obviously, you've just retired. Um, but what's next? Is it? Is it? Do you want to stay in rugby? You know what I mean? Or, or professional sport? Or, or is it kind of getting completely out there and trying something completely new? Um, I think I've always wanted to um, dabble in the coaching side of things or give back to the game in some way. After it gave me. Um, unlimited um, opportunities so I think coaching would be something that would be really cool or whether it's just like a um, skill specific coach I don't know if I'd want to be the head coach some of those gigs are really really tough um, so did you know be like a little celebrity spot coach here and there would be great um, but I think also I did a little bit of commentary with um, with Jaybor as well and I love that side of it too and just giving your opinion piece here and there and um, analysing the game and adding my point of difference, which was my knowledge and um, analytical side of the game to a viewer's perspective as well. That would be really cool to get involved in too. Um, I'm a physio by um, trade, so, um, you know, I could just strap a few people here and there, but I, I'm not really too sure. It's, uh, I've got a few options um, there and, and, you know, looking to explore a few of those, but... Um, in the interim, just enjoying some quality family time for the next week or so before we jet back off to Japan. How, how was playing in the Japanese rugby over there? Was it just club? Yes, yeah, so I played in the club um, competition, did like the back end of their 15s training and then did like some of the domestic pre-season um, tournaments and it was awesome. They are the hardest trainers I have ever met. <laughs> fast and skillful. And like fast, skillful and like training starts at five. They're at there at four o'clock doing their own individual skills off their own bat. Like they're just working so hard all the time and they're some of the loveliest and most welcoming people ever. And I, I remember saying to my husband when I played my first tournament there, saying like, if this is it, like if this is all I ever get back to, I am so happy because it was unreal. The level of support they've showed me and just also like the quality of the game and how much fun I had playing. Um, it was an awesome, awesome group of girls to be a part of um, in that transition back as well. Well, Quirky, uh, we, we were literally just discussing uh, the, the recent score from the Wallaroos Black Ferns match over the weekend. The girls, unfortunately, went down pretty heavily to the Black Ferns over in New Zealand. And we were just saying that there, there's obviously a huge gulf in the standard of uh, women's rugby, in, in particular 15s in the world game, between the professional uh, sides and then you've got your, your amateur or semi-pro sides like the Wallaroos are compared to, say, the Black Ferns or, or England and France. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, you were there um, during the golden age, I guess, of, of women's Aussie seven started debuting in 2013. As I said, 15, 16, you won that world series and the, and the, the gold at the Rio Olympics in 2016. So you've been there for what has been the most fruitful time. What, what, what can we do to try and help supplement that 15s game to try to get it to that professional standard that all the other women's games seem to be really getting to and actually excelling at? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned like that fruitful time because that came off the back of um, pure investment from Rugby Australia. People putting their hand up and putting their money in their pockets and um, identifying players that have potential and um, are going to add greater value to the game. 
and backing them, centralising a program and training training day in, day out as their profession. So it's it's a proven that it works um, from people that never had played rugby before, let alone girls, say, that are in the 15 side that play domestically around Australia in both Queensland and, and New South Wales, particularly that are the strongest states for where um, the 15 side of the game is going. Um, there has to be that level of professionalism or semi-professionalism that is happening that you see with other um, professional sports in Australia, like NRLW and AFLW. And you're seeing that that return on investment is giving them a greater product that they can um, sell and commercialise and then also um, is then returning bums on seats and people are wanting to watch it because the quality is just improving year in, year out. And I know for example, like League, they're adding another four teams next year. Yeah. So that's another know, 120 more, oh. girls mm-hmm. that are going to be going and playing league as their full-time, well, as their part-time, sorry, um, job, but as their main sport. And so that's just draining oh. product and quality from Rugby Australia. And so we have to do something for that side of the game, whether it um, be professionalise the Super W of what it is or um, put more propaganda and marketing and funding into that side of the game to make it a product that is, um, you know, more commercially viable. So because obviously, as we all know, money is the driver for a lot of stuff being happening and especially more so in the women's game. Um, But there's got to be something that's done that matches that um, and pushes the level of what rugby can offer as an international game and also domestic game and pushes that more to the forefront of people's eyes. So girls are going, hey, I want to choose that over something else or at least that's competitive and I can choose an option that is, it's not just, oh, that pays me more or whether I yes. like rugby or not. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing for me from what I've seen has worked for me and I've been, I've been a part of something that worked for a long time and is still continuing to work. You know, you're delivering these sevens girls are now the best in the world mm. and that's going to continue happening. But that's only, you know, 15, 16 girls that get a Aussie sevens contract. Yeah. You need to be giving more out to the girls below that in like that Aussie A type, type program. And then you also need to be giving something to the Wallaroos and to the girls in that Super W competition to make them more competitive um, and, and get them the resources that they need for that. And then saw, that way you get the girls then giving back more to the game as well from putting more effort in and, and wanting to be there more because they're getting something for their time. I uh, shot myself on the weekend when I saw, I think it's Jesse Sh- uh, Southwell, is it? Jesse Southwell? Mm-hmm. Um, playing yeah, for the Jessie, Knights yeah. and scoring an insane try. And I'm like, is that a, she's 17 or, uh, something, or something like that. I'm like, another one. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> is she, I don't, I'm not sure what her scenario is or situation, but bloody hell, if we keep losing players like that, that's just um, a massive hit. Isn't it, it is. It is. And, it, and it's funny you actually said, Huge sorry. Hit. Sorry, Quirk, I don't mean to cut you off. It's funny you actually said that, you know, it's it's not just the money side of things. It's, as you said, pump some propaganda out there. I mean, we had Grace Hamilton on here um, a couple of months ago, and she literally said she played, what, one or two games for the uh, the Sydney City Roosters uh, NRLW side, just having a trundle with them and all that sort of stuff. And in her town of, I think it's Orange, 
she got recognised for playing for uh, the Roosters and not being the <laughs> captain of the Wallaroos. No one gave a shit about the Wallaroos, but she played two games for the Roosters and everybody shit their pants over it. So, I, I yeah, I do, I do appreciate. Oh, we can do a hell of a lot more to get the word out about the women's game and not just put a bit of cash in the back pocket too. No, their their marketing strategy is unreal. Like I, we went down to the um, NRLW game on the weekend, and you know, there's the the music, the hypes, the flames. Like there's flames coming out <laughs> yeah. as they run out of it's the just field. Like, well. And it it just engages the fans. You know, Tilly's got a sign that says "Go the Dragons," like the women's dragons, and the music and everything. It's just entertaining, and it draws people into more than just like the game. The whole spectacle is awesome. And that's what you need to align the women's game with, like the super super rugby when they do that and have, you know, the women super W7s play the forehand or the super um, W play the forehand week in, week out. And it's just like a whole product of you represent New South Wales and the propaganda around that is epic. Like you're on buses and your faces are everywhere and yeah. you're just blowing up on social media because it's just constant. Um and that way people think like, wow, the, the sport really values me. They're happy to promote me. They want me to be the face of X, Y, Z. And it like you feel loved and a part of that. And that's awesome. Like you're not fighting your media marketing to like get the game times right. Like you're not doing uh, stuff like that. It's just innate. Don't start. Don't get us started. Oh. Uh, you guys tongue. know. <laughs> I'll, bi- I'll bite my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take it back to you a little bit, Alicia. Obviously, you've you've, you've had a, you've had a fair career. Um, talk us through, you know, probably the highlight of your career, and then also tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the characters you played with, and and some of those people that you'll you'll, you'll miss the most. Um, highlight. I think uh, probably two. I'll, in my pre and post. Baby yeah. career. Um, pre Tilly, obviously, the highlight would have to be the um, gold medal in Rio. Um, that standalone is one of the most awesome moments in in my life. Um, it was just absolutely epic. And then I think post um, Tilly, um, a few 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 highlights in that was probably like my first day back at training, um, back in the sevens fold. Um, it was. It was unreal experience and like, you know, kind of saying to myself, like, I've still got it. I can still play it. How good is this? Um, and then I think probably the first game that I played over in Japan and she came along and watched and I was, I saw the kickoff and she was standing on the sidelines and she ran onto the field um, and Matt had to like run off and grab her. And I was like, how cool is that? Like she, she's running on to be a part of it. I'm running on to see her mum and here I am like, you know, about to like put a hit on or something. I was like that. Who am I kidding? I wasn't. <laughs> and, um, but you know, like that that moment was just unreal. And then like afterwards, having her like smothered by the Japanese girls, and you're sitting around doing recovery with her, dancing the circle amongst everyone. Like that was pretty special. And it would have to be a huge highlight for me. Nice. That's so lovely. Mm. That's. So, I thought you were going to say. Um, um, Oh, sorry, Quirky. I, I was just going to say. I sorry, I forgot the part two of the question. <laughs> oh, yes, the characters. Yes, we did too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Who are some um, of the best characters? Probably, um, best, obviously, you couldn't go past um, 
Elliot Green. Um, and then probably rec- more recently, one of, obviously, and one of my best friends is Dom Detroit, but obviously the main character that is my favourite is Dom de Twat. Yes, <laughs> the kook queen. Yeah, yes. she is probably one of the weirdest humans I've ever met <laughs> yeah. in my life. But one of the, the best humans ever. And her, um, her like quirkiness and weirdness and just, yeah, she's one of a kind. But one of the best kind too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we had Demi Hayes on here a couple of weeks ago. I asked if uh, if she was as big a kook as it comes across as she confirmed that as well. So that's <laughs> it's good to know. Good to know. Um, I was actually going to oh, say. Oh, it's a universal confirmation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glorious. I was actually going to say, would your third best highlight be commentating with myself doing a few QPR games? I would have thought you'd say that quirky, but that's all Google then. That's like, um, oh, no, that's in, my, um, that's in my side career. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hard to distinguish. But what you, you touched on um, Elliot Green uh, just before. Quirky. So it came out just over the last week that Elia has come out as a trans man, just saying that post-career she, uh, sorry, he actually had some some really dark times and and obviously missed out on that um, the Tokyo squad. And he actually said just locked himself in a room in a dark room for the longest time and and was just saying that uh, he hopes the announcement would help others to feel comfortable enough to make decisions about who they want to be, saying um, that he had suffered from serious mental health uh, issues since retiring from the sport last year. Obviously, this is a very touchy subject, but it's a huge relevant topic in the world of not just rugby, but just the world in general at the moment. But you must... You must be over the moon to be able to hear that Elia has come out and and been able to, I guess, uh, help spread the message for uh, any other trans athletes out there and and to maybe find a little bit of peace um, uh, within themselves in regards to their own personal struggles. Oh, most definitely. He has been incredibly resilient and incredibly brave with with coming out with that announcement. I know... um, it was a huge decision for him to be able to to do that publicly, but knowing that the battles that he had faced on his own, he didn't want someone else to have to face them mm. um, either and, and hopefully could provide some support and comfort for someone that was going through the, through the same thing. Um, and I, I think that's hugely important in that mental health space as well that um, people can be, can be vocal um, and can be open and, and honest with with their feelings and and for me it's he has provided so much happiness and joy to so many people throughout his whole life um, and and to me in particular as well and so whatever makes him happy is makes me happy and and for him to have found some peace with that then that is the most important thing I think and it's incredibly brave to do it on the world stage to have such uh, reverence within, you know, the rugby community, but also the the Pacific Islander community, um, to be able to to come out and and announce this and and try to help other people that may be going through the same thing. It, it's absolutely immensely brave to be able to do so. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that's that I'm just so proud of him that he he could do that and he found that strength in himself to be able to to do that because. It, it's not it's not his job to do that as well like yeah. either. so it's fantastic that um, 
he, he has been able to do that and it hopefully has helped him as well in doing so. Um, so, yeah, it's just proud. Honestly, just so proud. You can see how much it means to you, Quirky. Well, one last thing. Yeah, obviously, this weekend we've got the final round of the HSBC 7s. The girls are... But absolutely killing it. I mean, I think they've already locked it up, I assume. But then we've got the rug, the Sevens World Cup next month as well. I mean, the women's game, well, not just the, the women's, but the men's is doing very well as well. But the women's game in particular is just such a shining light for the game here in Australia. And if they can actually go for the three-peat, go the Com Games, lock up that World Series Sevens and then actually win a World Cup, that's got to be on par with that gold medal in 2016. I mean, it's just... It's got to be a huge highlight for the girls to be able to chase that dream. Yeah, it is enormous, like absolutely enormous. And the so the girls have already wrapped up the World Series yep. and the men are playing this weekend in the last round of the World Series. And it's the first time ever, too, that the Australian men's sevens have been in contention to win a World Series, like mm-hmm. which is massive for so just good. the whole game of sevens and to... Um, put them as on you know in the limelight of like being awesomely consistent this whole season which is so good for them but you know to trump that the three-peat would be <laughs> absolutely epic um and there's probably no team more deserving than those girls right now like obviously coming back and being amongst them and training so hard like the hardest i've ever trained um <laughs> <clears throat> ever like I don't know what Tom Carter's gone away and just decided he's just gonna make people run and I thought we ran with Craig we run and like it is ridiculous <laughs> how much we are doing right now the crunning is real the term that the girls have come up with crying running or crying, <laughs> crying <laughs> vomiting and running it's running. Like not even a joke that's actually what it's like at the minute so I think it's a true testament to how much work that they've put in and and I think that was probably the hardest thing for me not being um, involved in that in that 12 going away is because I just know that they're going to win I just want to get the W that is honestly um, how good they're doing at the minute and yeah. it's like, it's going to be awesome for the game if they can finalise the, the three Bloody oath. Well, we'll be cheering them on, that's for sure. Um, also, we saw uh, your, your, your partner, Matty, just lining up for the Marlins on the weekend, going down, unfortunately, to Eastwood. Is he at Mad Monday at the moment? or? <laughs> no, he's actually on daddy duty. Um, oh. He probably wishes he was at Mad Monday. We had to trump Mad Mad Day for this podcast. So oh, <laughs> thanks, Matty. Yes. Matty Lucas coming through for the boys. Bless him. Absolutely awesome. I can hear the, well, I can hear the bubber in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like he's cooking. Is, he, is he cooking dinner? What's he cooking for dinner? <laughs> he actually is. He's got some um, snapper fillets on the oh, go. So, what a very well what a man. He, what a man. He, he could be winning hat of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Hey, my missus isn't watching. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm all right. <clears throat> anyway, quirky. Look. I mean, what was it? 34 events, 186 matches for Australia, nine years in the green and gold jersey, a little baby girl. You have done absolutely anything and everything there is possibly to do in a rugby career, and you should be immensely proud. So enjoy your retirement and and all the best with whatever happens in the future. Hopefully we can commentate again sometime soon, but all the best with everything. 
Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll hold you to that. Bloody oath. <laughs> Cheers, Quirky. Under quirky. <laughs> Alicia <laughs> Lucas, everybody. Absolute superstar. Oh, she's one of the best. And she's a bloody good commentator, actually. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's a very good commentator. She was actually a part of, I think, uh, Rugby Australia got together about a dozen or so uh, women to go into a mentorship program underneath uh, Gordon Bray a few years ago. So he gave them a few pointers and they were trying to get them into the game. So I reckon that would be awesome. She would be very good. Mate, she has such a bloody good insight on the game. Mm. And And that's it. Her knowledge is phenomenal. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, she's played 106, 186 more games for Australia than I have. So, <laughs> well, if I can do it, yeah. I guess she can too. Um, <laughs> I can just bullshit my way through. Speaking of bullshitting my way through, let's get back into the news, eh? Um, nice. Wallaby squad announced for the Springboks, and we've got James O'Connor getting the ass in favour of Bernard Foley. Controversial. Which is controversial, but it looks like James O'Connor is, I guess, he's the scapegoat down for that loss against the Argies a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. I think, just reading the Deservingly media, so, do you think? Oh, definitely not. I don't think, <laughs> he, I don't think he was the only poor one out there. Um, like, I actually thought he went okay, you know what I mean? They just got decimated. It, it wasn't our halves was, that were really no, the issue either. Not at all. I actually thought he was really good, but... Yeah. Just want to touch on this a little bit, like um, Brendan Gabbett called him on on Tuesday or or, or, thir- or Wednesday, whenever whenever it had been announced. He said, "I'll make. Can I get forty minutes out of you this week?" And he goes, "Brendan, uh, just got dropped from the Wallabies." He said, "Let's go win a fucking comp." Yes. yes. <laughs> no, it's sort of yes, but yeah. Oh wait, no. Oh shit. No. Yeah, but like. He's gutted, right? Yeah, it's a 100%. pretty cool way to bounce back. Fuck yeah! Hell kicking yeah. stones. Oh, ghost bombs. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm like, let's, let's, yeah. let's go. That's I fucking just good. Pull the boots just back on. My pants. That <laughs> well, that, so he's awesome given back. Like he's, like, That's you know, it. Like he, he, he's had a bit of adversity, and and like you said, he wasn't like that night. Nah. Wasn't the only one who's, you know, um, had a hard time. Out of all of them, I think he was the only one, right? Yeah, and mm. yeah. Yeah, but he, to come back and go, fuck it, let's win a comp. Like that's pretty. You sick. gotta love it, man. And that's that's exact, gonna be fucking. I've got goosebumps. Imagine yeah. like West, West Uni, Uni's stacked too. Oh. Like that stacked. Oh, mate, and brothers now, bullshit. like we'll get to that. Fucking, um, no, sorry, but go. that's the thing. I mean, that's but that that for mine just highlights the strength of the club game. Is that players now aren't looking at the club game being like, oh, right now I've yeah. got to pull on the green and gold for West or I've got to pull on the butcher stripes for Brothers just because I didn't make this. They're like, no, no, I know if I keep showing up here, there's no reason why I can't get the call up because speaking of, Ben Donaldson just got added to the squad um, and he's been playing for the Wicks for the last yeah. few weeks as well. So there's no reason why uh, Lungy Gleeson got added to oh, the squad. Yeah, that's good. And he's obviously had a wonderful campaign for Australia A, eh? but he's been chopping up for the Manly Marlins. Like, yeah. It he is did tel- on the weekend too. Oh, <laughs> mate, he's so good. But <laughs> like, but that highlights. I mean, it is televised. That's one aspect of it. So everybody can see what's going on there. But it also just shows that no clubland is. It's this genuine pathway for those higher levels. So mm. I reckon we're helping too. I think I it's all us to be honest. One shoulder time. I boys. can't think of anyone you know else man? who's doing more for the game than, <laughs> than us. us three. Just shit ask munches. us. Just ask us. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. It's it's big because it's not just it's not just Bernard Foley being added to the squad. The returning players, and this just goes to show the the injury toll we had: Andrew Kellaway, Angus Bell, Scott Sio, Alan Alalatoa. So that's three props right there. Two hookers in Dave Parecki and Falau Fyinga, as well as Hunter Paisami. So that is a raft of players who missed last week's game. You know, so like the cavalry's back. 
Cavalry's back and James has got to be a bit like, oh, shit. Like, Come on, man. Really? Um, Bernie also, Foley, though. Oh, yeah, I we didn't really he, touch on that. What's reckon, going on there? I don't know, man. I'd love to have a beer with him, I reckon. I reckon he'd you be. Reckon? I reckon he'd be. He'd be good value on the bit pitch. of straighty one eighty. Nah, no. I reckon. I reckon. No, no. <laughs> no, he plays it cool in front of the camera. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, reckon, no, no. He plays it cool. I reckon in front he's of the got it. Like, hey, I reckon his name's got... Bernard. And yeah. then behind doors, oh, he's yeah. like, behind doors, hey, Bernie, yeah, call me Nard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> call me Nard, dog. Yeah, hell yeah. I reckon. It, but uh, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him. Like, I know this is bad for James, but I wouldn't mind seeing Bernard play under Dave Rennie because I didn't like how he played under. Checks and how he's fucking ten k's back from every play. You know, I reckon hopefully um, bit you know, more eyes up, bit more yeah, up bit eyes up footy. We, we don't, so bef- he's a good he's a good ten. Before I before Bernard Foley played for the Wallabies and the Tars, he actually played Aussie Sevens and was the Aussie yep. Sevens Player of the Year. He was gone in like twenty twelve or thirteen or something. Goes into the Fifteens game and then plays but, a lot of that high tempo awesome football and it sort of got coached out of him. Yeah, hundred percent. So in my opinion, I'm not a ten. So the 15 World Cup, remember? He just yeah. tore England apart. Yeah. That's all he was doing. Yeah. yeah. Flat at the line. Bang. Just playing yeah, so flat to the line and then uh, just getting hands for it, like, was unbelievable. But he's still mm. playing good in Japan. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. He's playing well in Japan. Yeah. His experience. The biggest thing when, you, when, you, when you're playing is a, is a fly half's experience because yeah. the time and, and everything starts to slow down as in you see things before like they're the starting to happen. That's right. You know I mean? Your body starts to slow down, but <laughs> it becomes a lot easier. So that's why Quaid comes back and, and, and everything's just easy for him and, yeah. and it looks easy and so Bernard will be the same do you know what I mean he'll have that experience he'll have that ability just to direct he knows what he's doing so he's not going to go in there and I don't think he's going to fail do you know what I no, mean no. it's just tough on James yeah. and and they actually don't think he'll be right for the first test no so you'd think Noah is going to get the Guernsey there and then obviously he'll help dictate from there so we can only see what happens from there um, another big thing Matt Taylor stepping down as defence coach for the Wallabies, uh, Laurie Fisher stepping in um, in an interim role. Good to get the Kooks back in the mix. I don't mind seeing yep. that. Uh, Laurie Fisher is just one of the most accomplished coaches in Australian rugby history. You can't go past it. One of the weird units too, which is good to see. But Love that. But it's a big one. Uh, Matt Taylor and Dave Rennie both coming out and saying it was – they haven't really given a reason, but just saying it was agreed upon that it's probably best for him to step down. Um, but, I mean, that's a big loss. He's, he's incredibly accomplished. Hugely accomplished. He's had a, a massive career. Obviously, mm. winning the winning the comp with with the Reds way back in the day, but then in 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 Glasgow and then on to Scotland and then coming over here. Like he's a terrific coach, and one of his best traits is the ability to connect with the players, mm. and, and that's how he, he he's built his you know his career. In my opinion, obviously, he's very knowledgeable and, and gets a lot out of it, but but he gets you know the best out of the players. So I don't know what's going on there, but you know Laurie Fisher's not a bad bloke to to step into the role. I know nice. that Matt Taylor. Uh, has desires to become a head coach, so it wouldn't be surprised if, if yeah. he ends up somewhere over the next twelve to eighteen months well, in a head coach role I somewhere. Think well over a hundred tests as an assistant, both with Scotland and Australia. Mm. So, I mean, he's been a bridesmaid long enough, you'd have to say. Yeah. Yep. So there's probably something out there it's waiting for him. Guernsey being a coach. Um, unfortunately, worse than being a player. Oh yeah, it's, it's worse than being a player, and it's probably almost worse than being a ref. Like. You know, no, no, but like yeah. you know, the controversy <laughs> you cop. You know what I mean? Like it only takes two or three games, and everyone wants to cut the your buck head off. St- stops. They, with they you. literally like we're going to cut your head off. Yeah, um, but the refs are like, oh, you know, it's just a ref. You know, the next game's all good, but the coaches is like, we actually want to kill you. Speaking <laughs> of, 
Survived the hangman's <laughs> noose. Ian Foster, uh, the NZRU, came out and said board unanimously voted to keep him there um, through to the next World Cup. Apparently, that meeting was actually already scheduled on the cards, not as a result of the mounting pressure. <coughs> Bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it ends months of uncertainty, and um, <laughs> it's pretty funny because it comes after their... Um, their 35-23 win over New Zealand and uh, the New Zealand board chair, Stuart Mitchell, actually said the win was magnificent before declaring Foster's position safe. So do you think that win saved his career, Dow? No, I don't think so. I don't know. It, it could have, but I just think they feel like they've got their guy and you know they went through a bit of a rough patch, but they're still 18 months out. From do you think they're just mate. sticking in being stubborn and they then in 18 months' time, if it does fail, go, mea culpa, we need a change? I don't know. I reckon, man, I reckon the boys have got around him, hey. I reckon that last They did win, say that the players that, came out. That, that last win, I, I think, like, the boys have just stepped up and they've really just got around him and, and, and hopefully that's what the penny has dropped for him. I hope not for our sake, but you know what I mean? Like, I think um, from just what I've read and all that sort of stuff that the boys have got around him and, they're, and, they're, and, and they want him as the coach. So, I don't know, you know. If that's just but bullshit. I, but I, I also I think, think they've brought in um, a fair amount of experience around Joe Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Schmidt, Schmidt now is He was actually involved. just to be a selector. He's now coming in as an assistant. Yeah, and so they got rid of a... I don't even remember the other guy's names, but... Don't need it. Yeah, that's right. So they brought in a lot more experience now <laughs> around him. So obviously they're backing him, but they, maybe they felt like he didn't have enough support in and around it. So now that he's could got been, that... Could have been the thing too. Hopefully yeah. he can be yeah. successful. No, uh, Hopefully not. They've got the cattle, that's for sure. Oh, shit, yeah. Like so you're all blacks, mate. Yeah, they've got the cattle. You've got guys like Sevu Reese and all that running around and buddy um, N- NPC or whatever it's called. Um, Did you see Roger Tuivasa shack on the weekend? Yeah, mate. Terrible. Far out. He's cucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, speak, <laughs> speak about my also. Like I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen a... You know, apart from the Dell and Lottie, you know what I mean? And p- potentially Matt Rogers. But I don't think I've ever seen a league convert come across and be so successful. He's yeah. He's so good. He's so good. And he's like, he already, he's like already made the All Blacks. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Like, that's not look just like a league playing union. Uh, correct. Just looks like a, and sorry, a like, union player. You know? I'll take that back. Obviously, you've got Brad Thorne. Yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about in, in the back line. Mate, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just looks phenomenal. like they were just I made would, to play rugby. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing him have a dig at 15. Just give him a game. Yeah. I reckon he'd... Mate, I know he's... May not have that kicking game down pat at the moment, but I'd love to see him returning, bo- like returning um, with a little bit of just, space. Just like, oh. <laughs> you just remember some of the tries that guys scored? Like, there's nothing on, and he just see you later. And yeah. very similar to me when I thought. I kind of wanted to chime in with Quirky going, I know how it feels trying to come back. Because I'm basically pregnant. I was, when, <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh, no, when she was good. like, oh, you know, coming back from like. Uh, you know, in like that first training session, I was like, "Well, friends could probably give you a few yeah. pointers." He's done it. I nearly had a heart attack. Times. I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All righty. Well, that rounds out all the news stories for uh, the weekend just gone. Have we got any battlers bench segment stuff, Freeney? Yes, we do. Roll it, Zachy. <laughs> <laughs> I missed us. <laughs> Me too. So we just got a couple of um, different variations of um, of celebrations and handshakes. Really, we've got um, first example is this one. Um, look at them go! Just 
All down pat. This would have taken. Oh, they're all different, dude. This would have taken hours. Oh, kill him. <laughs> and then we've got. And then we're. Oh. That guy had to remember all of them. Yeah, I was incredible. Saying. And then they go I out and lose I by 100. I would have had a brain, brain. And then you got the West uh, celebrations. Well done, Narvo. Done really well. Huh. <laughs> 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 uh. That is how we shake hands at the kennel. Yeah. It's the old Bulldogs handshake. There it is. Um, rumor has it that um, after Narvo ran back on, uh, Bronson did the old. <laughs> Finger looking good, old, good. Yeah, give it a good old sniff. So uh, shout out to the... Shout out to the Bulldogs. Oh. <laughs> I've got a quick shout out too whilst we're on the Battlers bench. <laughs> What's up, man? This weekend, um, the grand final for the Sunshine Coast. Right, we've got the mighty Marucci Swans versus Uni um, on Sunday, I think 3 o'clock. So just a big shout out to the mighty Swans, uh, my junior side. Uh, they can do it. They can do it. They had um, they were just jo- just a jokes the other day, uh, the other week against Uni when they lost. But this week... Um, I reckon they're going to get it done. They're going you to reckon they're going to get it they're done? They're going to get it done, boys. When was the last time the Swans bagged a premiership? I don't think it was too long ago. Maybe about two or three years. Oh, nice. But um, anyway, guys, <laughs> good luck. And I love you all. <laughs> I love you all. Oh, yeah. Up the Swans. And I might um, I might come out of retirement next year. No, I won't. Nah, I doubt it. No, I doubt it. I'm <laughs> done. I'm done. How many times can you come out of retirement? Bloody hell, mate. Sorry, man. I didn't want to this year. I was fine. <laughs> I was literally fine. <laughs> all right. Let's plow ahead. That's everything. Yep, that's it, mate. Good. Short and sweet, baby. You gotta love it, man. Um, we'll get into the hospital cup. We'll just tick that off really <laughs> quickly. Um, because Jesus Christ, because we've got a plenty of shoot shield action we want to get into. North fourteen, West forty. Uh, sorry, nineteen to West forty. This is an absolute shocker. Uh, South thirteen, Jeeps nineteen. Gave them a good run there. The Gallopers out at uh, Chipsywood Oval. Uh, but we're gonna start with Jesus Christ UQ. 103 to Sunnybank 28. An absolute cricket score. One minute, 20 seconds into the game. Try scored. Three minutes. Mate, this was an absolute bloodbath of the highest regard. I can't... It, it, I, was, I wasn't watching live, and I kept checking at halftime, and I thought, there must be a mistake. I think I saw the halftime score, and I was like, wow. And then end score, I was like, wow. But it's just, Pat look at this, 21 nil, 7 minutes in, 28 nil. Brad Twydale killing it off the tee. Mm. Like, this was a UQ side stacked to the gills. Tate McDermott, Lucas Ripley, Matt Greeley, Kai Oates, Jock, um, Campbell. Jock Campbell. I mean... And I think, uh, like, if you, if you look at everyone, probably go, oh, gee, Sunnybank were really bad. Like, Sunnybank weren't actually that bad. Like, this is just a red-hot UQ. So they I had, understand there's plenty of missed just, tackles, but they, like, were they were on. They were on. Like, they were unreal. Pat Mori, I think you touched on it beforehand. He's unstoppable. No, you, and he's taking quick taps <laughs> within the first two no, minutes. Tap, got, tap, got, tap. But watch got, this shit. There you go. You've got Tate, Joseph Alalo, Ripley, bang. Tri-tart. You've got Tate McDermott who's come back, right, and just absolutely lifted the tempo mm. for a uni side who are all already... A side that's quick. That's tempo. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if you don't start well, you're in a lot of trouble. With three, what is it? Three tries in five minutes or something they scored. Yep. Yeah. So like you've got Tate McDermott just absolutely just stepping it up another level. So. But you can see here, seventy to seven at the half. 
17 to 14 or whatever it was. There was they had 70 points in the first half. Incredible. Mate, oh, mate. It's going to be was a good, good final series, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you sort of touched on it before, friends. If you've got a UQ side pack like that alongside Wes, Brothers, Jeeps won't be there, so maybe... I don't, I don't want to count <laughs> no, them but out, but Jesus, just looking at the... Like, if I'm just totally unbiased and just looking at teams on paper... You got to think it's going to be it's going to be a hard slog for the boys to try and to try and beat like if they beat and they win that's a massive tre- test of character because some of the sides that are coming out at the moment you're just like holy shit mate. oh they're mate just, they're, they're insane they Josh Nassar like how much has he improved too like he's yeah, he yeah. Is, around the park you can't fold him hey like no his work around the park was out, was never his no. issue no, no, he, if course. anything it was amazing I mean it's he's transitioning from prop to hooker yeah. he's learning the the intricacies of playing hooker there but no around the park he's absolutely sublime but I mean like I had severe food poisoning last week literally woke up from a in cookie bed. allegedly yeah what literally woke up in bed. Having shit myself <laughs> and watching that game was the worst thing that happened to me last week. I hate it. I was just like so depressed on Sunday morning. Like, I can't do this, eh? Like, it hurt. So, I feel... I've been there. Mate, I grew up as a Logan Jr. And we're born to hate Sunnybank. And I felt so bad. Yeah. I just sort of... I had to stop and take it a breather. It reminded me of... Um, just before I got to the Stingrays, I think they, were, they had a couple of 120s or something against them. I got belted once again and stuff. Uni at the Stingrays the first year, I think it was 70, 76-5 or something. And oh, I don't want to bag one of the players, but he was so slow. Like the, <laughs> the opposite 10 literally just ran around him. <laughs> Who was it? Oh, I don't want to name him, but nah, yeah. played 10. no one really knew him. Like he's, he's a local bloke. And, and I, I dead said, I, I shit you not. We, you know, because we always had a good scrum. Like our scrum, we did well. You juice. get up. <laughs> I wasn't on the juice. You were mate. You were all on the juice. <laughs> Just a bit of man. I wasn't, man. Um, anyway, long story short, <laughs> the opposite 10. Whoever it was just literally ran, got the ball from the scrum and just ran an overs line and just <laughs> ran around him. Just like a slight veer around. <laughs> and you just stick your head up and just like, what, is, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, man. Yeah, oh. Like, oh, well. Well, mate, hopefully for the sake of the game, when Sunnybank is strong, rugby in Queensland's doing strong. pretty well because, like, mate, that... But Jesus Christ, that but was hard. Mate, like, that's um, the first time they've had that team on the field. UQ. Uni. Yeah. So, <laughs> just, mate... That was there. I hate them so much. Oh. I hate you, yeah, everyone, Everyone's thought we've written them off. We've written them off. We're like, oh, you know, uni, you know, they're not looking as good this year. And then all of a sudden. Here's Jock jo- Campbell. Jo- jokes. We we'll, we'll just chuck all, <laughs> all of our reds in. And, uh. Oh, we'll just play Mac really out of position at 13. See, so yeah. yeah. how bad can that go? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then out at Crosby. Dow, this was a. Bloody good game of footy. Brothers 31, Bond 25. Uh, the key difference here, both oh. sides going hell for leather, but Brothers just took their opportunities. Bond had plenty of opportunities, but just didn't come away with points. Yeah, I still think, and I've said this before, I still think, you know, Bond are close to the best team in the competition. But I think they've, you know, they've fucked themselves over a few times this year. I think yeah. they lacked a goal kicker early on and it cost them. Yep. I just think in this game as well, like they nearly got there in the end. It was all thanks to Sam Hine. They didn't, but oh man, how good's Hine been this year? That try saver. I don't know how he did it. That's one of the just chop best his arm tackles. off, put it in bronze, and put it on the wall. Yeah, you should Save immortalize that and put it at the butchery. Yeah, because like it was 
ridiculous. Uh, but Jaden Armanu, when he came on, didn't he just absolutely change the tide of that game? He, he certainly was did. Awesome. But also Tyler Campbell. Yeah, he's mate. a gun. He's mate. been a revelation. Yeah, yeah. Like he started so like you got a feel for the poor guy. Had a couple of years off, knee injury after injury, but he has been immense. He's so good. Without yes. him, I don't think they're the same side. Hundred percent. No. no, that's what I was trying to allude to last week. Mm. Just saying that like he's that sort of player that can. Get him to that sort of next level, and it's good to see him get the minutes. And mm. um, touch wood, touch wood. But uh, it's some continue. of the shit munches in their side that do the hard graph. Like Wilson Blythe is an absolute yeah. gun. Angus Blythe, when he plays, they're a good side. That this mongrel, but on the weekend, Reese Sheriff yeah. up against Harry. What a Hooper, find he is! Yeah, twisted him up in a pretzel and did him up the sphincter. Like How just turned he, him look inside at this, out. Look at, his, look at the look at the shafts on him. He's just like a barrel, mate. Just oh, like, mate. But it's the best thing to see. Just a he, bloke who literally is just built like a prop. Just he dicked. He was uh, he was dicking, buddy. Uh, Georgie Fran- George Francis the other week too. And he's, yeah, yeah, and he was no. He's no slouch, mate. No. Like, and and I think it got to George as well because he like, he's he's been bloody good. A good tight head is priceless, mate. Mate, like, and priceless. he he absolutely took it to Harry Hooper on the weekend, mate. Like Harry Hooper was a part of the Australia A squad no yeah. more than a month ago. And this bloke came out and did an absolute number on him. Got at least three or three or four penalties. I think out he's of from him. Sydney. He is Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it'd be good. It'd be good to see some of the the club battlers get a bit of a um, get a shot higher. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, now it's time for shoot shield. We saw some corkers on the weekend. Um, at first, first semi, Manly going down twenty six points to thirty two against Eastwood. Again, uh, it was literally, this was very Ed much Med. like the Brothers oh. and Bond game. Tane Edmed absolutely tore them apart, but Manly just were, were their own worst enemy. Things like this, Kemu uh, Valatini, and then Marky Mark just gobbling it up. And it, How good was Valentini, he, mate? Yeah. Valatini and Edmed went shot for shot with the penalties um, throughout the majority of the match, but it was just Manly just, I think, on two occasions deep inside the Eastwood five-metre line, two crooked throws. Cess Hildebrand had a pretty bad day throwing the ball on the line out. It was a bit of a shocker for him, unfortunately, but they were their own worst enemy a lot of the time now. Yeah, they certainly were, and that's it. Like There wasn't necessarily much between these two. Obviously, Tane Edmund was, was, was exceptional, but in the end, I think Manly beat themselves. Yeah. That was the biggest thing out of it. Mark, yeah. no, no Antonio Wasi, mate. He was... He was um, he did one run there where he just ran through like twenty people. Yeah. It's just like he's, he's took, mate. That, I, I watch more shoot shield on the weekend. Uh, actually, it's a good brand of footy, isn't mate. it? I love it, mate. Tane Edmed was like he was in the Matrix and he was Neo. He was just everyone was like Dale said before, going in slow mo. He was insane. Yeah, man of the match performance. And, and is it two assessor the? Six? Ratu to assess there, their number Max, six. He I was whacking blokes. It it had to have been between him and um and Maxi Douglas for that can catch pole medal because Ratu to assess has been absolutely amazing, um all season. But L- Lungy Gleason again too. He was um he was. But there's to assess coming out of the line, putting the shot on like they, they just work hard. Eastwood, like yeah, there's one Lungy thing that does. they do well and they work so bloody hard for each other. So, mate, they're gonna be. They're up against not Sydney Uni this breath. weekend. Um, it's not looking good. I think they're a good matchup for Sydney Uni because they're pretty hard graft, but they've got some exciting guys. Chris Bell at the back was absolutely awesome, the English he was. So, oh, man. Well, yeah, that was it sucks good. for the Marlins. It was a big season for them. They were looking red hot, but I think it was just all season the Marlins would 
really live up to this potential, look like they're world beaters, and then stumble. And it sort of got worse as the season progressed. So they'll be ruined that one, Dow. 100%. I think they'll be gutted by it in the end. I think they, they cost themselves. But, you know, they turn around a pretty good season from last year. Bloody oath. Last year, I think they were bloody pretty dreadful, to be honest. Um, and then we saw yesterday, Arvo. Mate, this one was a corker. 23 plays 24 in favour. Gordon over Randwick. Ben Donaldson had a huge first half. That's just one thing he can do right there is just absolutely cut them up. But um, it was all Randwick in the first half. Pretty ordinary half for Gordon being down by 10 and coming away. I think penalty try in the 78th minute to get the win. Absolutely huge for them. But Reese McDonald was just shooting the lights out for Gordon all day. But, um, but they never, like, you know... Credit to Gordon for getting there in the end, but that, in my opinion, they were never in the game. No, it was all if you, Randwick. Yeah, if, if, if you're Ben McCormack, you know, a good friend of ours, like as the coach, I think he'd just be gutted. Yeah, he'd be because spewing. they did everything, everything to win the game. I agree with you, mate. They, they, yep. were, they were they were the in my eyes a better team on the day, but yeah, Gordon just grafted them. That's all it time. was. Is like you can see there, ten point deficit at the half, and then it was just bring it in tight, do these things, and they just stayed in it. All they did was stayed in it. And it was actually Randwick the majority of the time. They actually had a man in advantage here. They This was their third opportunity going for the rolling ball. As you said, Dale, they controlled 95% of this game. Mm. They dictated the tempo. They dictated the the like, the like whole uh, defensive effort. Like Everything was coming from Randwick. Yeah. But Gordon just happened to just be chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then I think it's just here you can see Jack McGregor scores, gets the penalty try. Like, two minutes to go. They've got the penalty advantage. Jack McGregor decides to go for it and sees he's got the space. High shot. Oh. Penalty try. Christian Yasmin, yellow card. Game over. No good. Game over, baby. And, like, it, it's funny because when we were thinking about our rugby's this weekend, I was, was watching Jamie all these games Cooper. and... All the rugbys I wanted to select were actually from all the losing sides. Like Nixon, Taramai, Reece Sheriff were yep. absolutely unbelievable. I thought, um, uh, fuck, who am I thinking of? Uh, for Randwick. Oh, Christian Poitavan was absolutely he awesome. Was immense, yeah. Absolutely awesome for Randwick. And like all these players out of the losing sides were actually the most, the best individual players. And I guess that goes to show that's finals footy, Dallin. It's a team effort. You can't have a few guys playing well. No, that's right. It's about what happens as a team, and they were able to come away with a win. So, oh, shit. Well, that means this weekend we've got Sydney Uni versus Eastwood. Probably the two, arguably the two most dominant sides over the part, best part of the last 20 years in the shoot shield. Eastwood jagging three or four premierships under John Menenti, Sydney Uni being Sydney Uni. I've got to ask, who are we back? I know who we're backing. Who do we think is going to win? I, I, I'm saying Eastwood, if we've got the same team, if they feel the same team. I reckon they, they should do. do. They can do it. I reckon they can do it. With Tane sure. Edmed running the yep. show. In my opinion. I'm going the other way. I don't think Uni, I don't think uni get beaten. I think yeah, they're, uni, they're, I think they're uni one of those sides, aren't they? Really? Yeah. I think Uni win the comp. I haven't watched enough of Uni this year to make that call, um, unfortunately. I just think they're in a position, they're very similar to, to UQ up here. Yeah. I just think they've, they, they'll come good. They've got some good experience there. They know how to win. Tommy English, those type of guys. Yeah, how good's that? Fair got a coach of the year. Yeah. At the helm. Shawnee Hedger. Yeah. Coach of the year. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite <laughs> of what Freen said and, and say Sydney Uni. 
Yeah. Um, and that's fine because that's your opinion. I'll be barracking. <laughs> I'll be barracking for Eastwood. I mean, if they're going to win, I'd love. I'd love to see him win just because uh, Eastwood and it's. Um, Tane Edmund and those boys have just had a crack of a year. I think if they're going to win, the Eastwood back line needs to just go hell for leather. And I think yeah. that Eastwood back row, led by yeah. Ratu Tuasese, just needs to... And Michael Isley. I think guys like that who can match Sydney Uni's not just physicality, but their like, X factor. They need those guys to start blowing the game apart. Because Sydney Uni are just too clinical. I think they need to get in their heads. So I think Sydney Uni will be too good, but yeah. Fucking kills me. Um, Norths versus Gordon. One hell of an old rivalry, the North Side Derby. These guys hate each other. I mean, who who are we backing in here? I'm gonna say North. Yep. I reckon Gordon played the grand final on the weekend. I mm-hmm. don't think they really deserve to be there. But they got there, and I just think North will be too good. They had a week off. They'll freshen up. They had a couple of injuries. Yeah, Dave Finlay had away and stuff. Yeah. So. I'm going North as well. I'll, yeah, there's a few boys from up here, so um, I'm going to back them. I'm yeah. going to back them, um, and they knocked. I'm going gets, North so. as well. Yeah. I'd love to see a, a North Sydney Uni final. A North Eastwood final would actually be, be a good be brand cool. of footy because yep. you'd have two like two sides that are sort of similar. Eastwood haven't matched. been there for a while. Yeah. No, Eastwood? Eastwood were there against... Um, they won it last year, didn't they? Year before? No, no, they were in the final against um, Gordon a couple of years ago. So, When did Eastwood win it? They won like three in a row. Was it in the early 2010s or some shit like that? Tino's on the ones and twos at the moment. Who won um, it last year? It was Gordon's carried over oh, from two years ago. Right, it was right, called, yeah. called off last year and the year before. So from 20... That's right. 20 or whatever the fuck, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, under John Menente, Eastwood actually won... I think three in a row. They did, yeah. So, yeah. But it'll be, it'll be interesting it'll be to see what happens, but it's going to be a hell of a... Mate, the standard of footy in Shoot Shield, geez, it's good. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is very yes. good. Yes, uh, and I'll just give a little plug to the Brisbane footy at the moment. It's the standards are picking up for finals. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped for it all. I'm the standard's been pretty good across the year. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's, it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. Like, it's right. like yeah. the... Like the games on the weekend, you're just like, far out. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, I think, yeah. It's I think this weekend in QPR, you're going to see a few <laughs> sides yep. really blow the cobwebs out because I think Dos touched on it last week. He was saying West are going to be underdone because they had a bye, then North and South. And yep. I think yep. West were, for lack of a better term, fucking dreadful in that first half against North on the weekend. Sorry, Tina, I don't mean to swear. Um, but like... They were shocking, and they won't want to have that coming into finals. So I think I can't help but think that Elvie's going to give them a rocket, and they're going to yeah. come out on this weekend and be a really great look before to the game, spank I think, South. Really look to spank South. It's so. just good to see all these boys back, though. Um, all the all the Queensland players and stuff coming back for it. Oh shit, rugby! All right, yeah. Sorry, I was about to end the show. Um, all right, one last thing. So we've got our <laughs> rugby segment. Freeny, your rugby from the weekend just gone. It's Tane Edmund. Tane Edmund speaks for itself. We Glo- literally just glorious ranger about him. Yeah, we've just been uh, pumping his tyres for the last hour. It's just silky, man. But that that is a courageous line running that hard up oh, yeah, right near the edge of a ruck. That could have ended bad. Oh, big time, mate. <laughs> But he also, so he's now got the captain's armband for this Eastwood side at the age of 22. Like 22? He, is he only 22? He's 22. <laughs> so he is, he's not just like, like you were talking about it, Dow, like with experience at 10, it starts to slow down. But 
at 10, you dictate what happens with the side, whether or not you're the leader, uh, whether or not you got the skipper's armband. 100%. You are the leader of the side in regards to what happens in attack. And, and he does that with aplomb. And the fact that he's now got the skipper's armband, he's got leadership potential all over him. 100%. Mate. It's massive. Mate. I love him. I love him so much. We've got to get him on the show. Tino, can you facilitate that, please? Thank you. Um, Dallin, your rugby from the weekend just gone out of South Rugby Club. Yeah. Dave Nickel. Winger David Nickel. So, obviously, I've heard really good things about him, how fast he was, and, and a few other bits and pieces. This is his first game starting in Premier Grade, um, but he was just absolutely immense. Like, he is matched up against uh, Josh Collins, shut down Josh Collins all day, but also his fleet feet across the, across the park. He's so fast. Watch this. Gets to the outside a few times, finds space, strong in contact. He should not have... Uh, I think this is the one I'm talking... Uh, yeah, yeah. He gets another run. Second effort. Yeah, and he, he scores a try late in the game. I mean, he's just oh. so quick. And they'll be better for it. He looks like a real talent coming through. This one here, Sebastian, he gets to the outside. And then he's just gone. Oh, mate. So a lot to like with Jeez, that. Jeez, that's cool. good, eh? Mm. You love to see it. Yeah, yellow carded. Love to see that too. We do. <laughs> Good niggle. Oh, it was an absolute stitch up. He reckon he hit Twain a late and then dumped Twain on his head. And oh, heinous. Like in Cynical. contact and then <laughs> dumped him on his side. Anyway, yeah. it's all good. Grub. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Uh, Doss wasn't able to make it in, but his rugby from the weekend just gone was Ben Donaldson. Uh, he said it was primarily just as a result of that call up. Um, to the Wallaby squad, but just little things like this, like we were just waxing lyrical about Tane Edmund and his sort of leadership potential, but like Ben Donaldson has really stepped up this season, Dow. I love him. I like yeah. it. They've, they've got two really fantastic tens down there at the Waratahs, very different, um, but I just love the fact that he's, he's cool and calm and collected. Um, he communicates really well and, and just goes to the line hard as well. Like you see yeah. a few times here, like he's just direct at the line and does a really terrific job at challenging the defence. Yeah, he's good. He's, like, he's a silky man. Remember that Australia A game? He did the most ridiculous offload uh, to set up a try. He's just got that real sh yeah yeah. A sh <laughs> Um, and my rugby from the weekend just gone, as much as it kills me, it isn't Coyotes. Shout out to him getting four tries. But it's got to go to Brad Twydale. And the only reason I'm giving anyone from UQ love is because he's just a country kid with a strong jawline, shows up, puts in, no frills. I think he kicked nine conversions and scored a try. So he scored 33 points, 14 conversions and a try. So 14 from 15. 33 points for himself. And my brother coaches at UQ, and he just says he's the man. Like, he just no frills, shows up, gets the job done, works hard. Wouldn't, wouldn't and Hino loves him mm, because of it. He's you, just, you wouldn't uh, buddy lend him your hat, though, would you? <laughs> what? Because he's got a big bonds. Yeah, he's got a big old head on him. <laughs> Who wouldn't lend him your hat? It's like the Fon Fonz on the weekend. I gave him my hat. Alfonso. Yeah. He's got a big head. Is he back? <laughs> no, he's not, mate. Square wheels. He's not back. He's too slow. Nah. Square wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Square wheels. You like that one, boys? That's a good one. Oh. You write that down. Write you that down. You've this promotion up to the starters. 
desk there, Freeze. I like it, man. Thanks, mate. I think I'm a bit more chirpy up here. I think you, you seem a hell of a lot more settled up here. It's almost here like you, 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 you lower yourself to Darcy's level. <laughs> and you get up here like you... Speaking of Darcy, I told you I was on the weekend. Saskia, that's his wife's name. Saskia, yep. She came up to me at this party we were at. She's like, it's so nice of you guys, you know, to, to, to be on Darcy's show. <laughs> like, he's really pumped. Like, you know, he loves having you guys in and... You know, it's just good that you guys can support him on his journey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he didn't burst his bubble, did you? Oh, nah. He's clearly been like, yeah, nah, it's he's my doing, show, babe. He's, doing, he's like, he's like <laughs> stepbrothers when they're trying to get the um, investment off their dad. And he's like, <laughs> doing the man hours. And he's making all these videos for his missus, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good gas by yeah. Sass, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's got good... She, she can rip you. Yeah. She's ripped me a lot in my lifetime, man. <laughs> Bless her. Oh, that's so good. Oh, big fat Dash should be back in the mix in a couple of weeks' time. So, um, heaven forbid he it's stays It's been pretty smooth without him. Funny that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm no, no, we love big fat Dars. He's got his own love uniqueness. Yeah, bloody like, oath, man. <laughs> <laughs> bloody oath. He's a genius. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that rounds out this week's episode of The Pack Show. As per usual, as we always say, be sure to like and subscribe and share all our content. We want to get it out there and get around the boys and all girls of rugby here in Australia and around the world. So please get around The Pack Show every way you can. Freeney, congratulations. It's two in a row up at the start of yeah, the box, boys. mate. You're killing it. Dallin, welcome back. Tino, Zachy boy on the ones and twos. As per usual, we couldn't do it Thanks, without guys. you. Uh, and until then, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Ciao.